months and um, just love what God is doing with him. And um, he's here to talk to us today about how Compass Care is adopting and basically, for lack of a better word, taking over uh, what a light care has done in this region for 22 years. And so a light, uh, a light is being absorbed by Compass Care. Compass Care is coming in. Compass Care has an awesome track record with abortion. Michael's going to talk all about that today. Um, but I want to just talk to you guys and say we, as a church, have a heart for the unborn. This is one of the things that is near and dear to my heart. Um, you may know, you may not know, my wife and my children and myself and many of you who are here, um, we stood out in front of Planned Parenthood for two years and we prayed for the ending of abortion. And um, it is just something that grips my heart every time we talk about it. Um, abortion is of the enemy. It is not of God. Psalm 139 says that before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. He knew you in that secret place. God has such a heart. There has never been throughout the history of humanity a more voiceless people group than the unborn. We as a church need to stand up for the unborn. Mother Teresa, I think, said it best. She said, how can we as a nation expect violence to end in the nation when we allow mothers to murder their unborn children in the womb? If we allow that violence, how can we stop any other violence? Pretty strong words. Micah, come on up. Micah's going to share with you this morning. I'm super excited to have him come. So come on, just give, give him a warm well, redeeming love welcome. <clears throat> Good morning, redeeming love. Good morning. All right, time to wake up. Here we go. Um, don't you love how music prophesies? I just want to make a brief point about this. Um, when you sing... And uh, we're singing out scripture that the team up here uh, was beautifully leading us in. Oftentimes, what you're singing isn't what's going on in your mind and in your heart. Because the Lord uses music, in particular, to prophesy what he wants you to know. Um, and I, love, I just love how music prophesies things that God wants me to hear that maybe aren't in the lyrics, but are bound up in what the Spirit uh, brought me here today to tell me. One thing that the Lord told me on my way in, uh, he reminded me that it is March 20th, which is springtime. Um, so first day of spring, and uh, what I sensed was the Lord say, it's time for redeeming love to spring into action. Um, again, these are, these are things the Lord was telling me. They're not on my notes. Um, so spring into action is the one thing. And then as I was reflecting, as we were singing, uh, singing out these worship songs, another, thing was, another word that I sensed was awaken. Um, one of the lyrics said uh, something to the effect of Jesus was in the cold, dark tomb, right? And then what happened? He rose, right? He awoke from the death that he was in, overcame it for us. And so I think... Just throughout the rest of this time as I talk, just think of those two words or statements, spring into action and awaken, um, and see what the Lord has for you in, in that. Well, thank you, Pastor Matt. You and Redeeming, uh, at Redeeming Love, this is only the second time I've been here, but the first time I had 
my whole crew. So my wife, Liz, um, ha and I have been married for five years. We have three boys. Um, Callan John is, uh, checks in at four years old and nearly 40 pounds. Um, my second is Corin Rule, and he is uh, my two-year-old. And then C3 is Case and Rain, um, and he's my only one-year-old. Um, and they were here last time, and unfortunately, they couldn't be here today. Um, there was an uh, unfortunate 48-hour bug that went through my family. Um, so uh, I don't have it, though. Don't worry. Um, you can get close to me. Um, and so I'm here. Uh, but there's something that happens, I've noticed, when my kids come into uh, a worship setting. Um, they're children, right? They don't, they don't have pretense. They don't really care um, what people think about them. And so typically, um, this happened last time, we're just up here dancing kind of as a family. Um, that's what they do because they just, they love, they love to be free. They love to dance. They love to worship. Um, so we have pretty much dance parties every day in our family. Um, Worship music, non-worship music, just all of it works uh, because um, praising God is something that we do uh, and are called to do at all times. Um, so unfortunately, they're not here. Um, there is a picture though, that I would like you to see. The people on the outside are not uh, my blood family. Are we up? Okay, sorry, I can't see it. Um, but Callan is right in the front, and then Liz is holding Case in my third, and then I'm holding my second. My name is Micah Stockdale. Um, I don't want to forget that. Um, I have the privilege of serving as the regional executive for Compass Care in the Capital Region. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Compass Care as we move ahead. But as I work for Compass Care and I deal on a daily basis with abortion, I want to I want to say something at the outset of our time together, and that is, abortion has certainly touched people in this space personally on an intimate level, whether you personally went through with an abortion or you know a family member or a friend who chose to go through with abortion, that is a near certainty in this room. There are people here who have been touched in ways um, that are hard to, to fathom. And I want to say this, the Lord has infinite, abundant mercy and he has lavish forgiveness. So if that is your story, you are not outside of God's love. We sang about his reckless love. That's really from our perspective, right? God is calculated in what he does, but from our perspective, it seems reckless because why would he love so lavishly people who are so broken, right? I know that's my story, and yet he does. And if you have been touched by abortion, in intimate ways like that, then um, understand that God has mercy and forgiveness for you. Pastor Matt introduced me to the series on serving a couple weeks ago that Redeeming Love is going through. I watched the Simon Sinek video, and it reminded me of an expression attributed to the Navy SEALs. That expression says, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. I'm going to say that one more time. Under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. What that means is that the success of an operation is determined by how well you have trained 
how well you are prepared for this moment. The success of an operation depends on how well you have prepared for this moment. So every time you sign up at Redeeming Love, every moment you invest your time into building community with other Christians, and every time you practice your spiritual gifting, you are training for what God made you for. Every single time you go there, you are training, you are preparing. There's a clear connection between what redeeming love is learning about serving and what Compass Care and Alight specialize in, namely serving women and saving lives. Clear connection, and perhaps no other story in all of Scripture better illustrates both those things than the story that we're going to look at this morning. So go ahead and turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10. Luke is the third, the third book in what the church calls the New Testament, um, so the smaller half of your Bible to the right. I'm going to be reading from the NLT this morning. Um, the words are on the screen if you want to follow along, or you can follow along in your, your scriptures. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25, says this, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Let's pray this morning before we go on and ask the Lord to continue pouring out his presence and anoint both the reading of his word and the communication um, of the message that he has for us this morning. So Father, we do come uh, into your presence. God, you are here as Pastor Matt shared and uh, there is a sense of your spirit, your presence here every time I'm in this house. Um, and so I thank you that you poured yourself out in significant ways in the past, and you continue to pour yourself out even now. And I just pray, God, that you would clarify the words that are coming out of my mouth, um, and would you allow them to land on hearts that are receptive to hear from you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The name of our talk today is See Differently. See differently. If you take notes, that's the one you can write. See differently. The first truth I want to highlight this morning is this. The problem isn't visible. The problem isn't visible. Turn to the person you're next to and tell them. They need to know. The problem isn't visible. This is me trying to wake you up. Let's go. This expert in religious law, pointed out a problem to Jesus. The problem was, of all the law, which is the one that's going to lead me to eternal life? That wasn't clear to him. 
There's 613 laws in the law of Moses, but some of them don't feel as significant to me inheriting eternal life as the others. So which one is the most important? But there was another problem. So that was the problem that was addressed, that was expressed by the lawyer or the religious expert. But there was another problem. The problem was the expert was trying to trap Jesus. That's a problem. He was trying to trap him. So it may say in your translation, it says in the the NLT that he was testing him. But the idea is to entrap him, to undermine his authority. That's what a problem was that couldn't be seen so evidently. This expert was trying to trap Jesus, showing that his motives were impure. But this was not immediately evident to him or to others. There was something hiding under the surface. So I like to imagine, um, as maybe you do and maybe not, um, I like to imagine that every character I read about in Scripture has a theme song attributed to them. You too? Great. I'm glad we got that in common. So I think that if this lawyer had a theme song, it would be called Surface Pressure. So if you have young kids in this family, or if you're into Disney, you probably are familiar with the new hit uh, movie, Encanto, or not. Um, Well, anyway, it's a good song in that movie. Uh, One of the lyrics goes like this. Under the surface, I hide my nerves and it worsens. I worry some... Something is going to hurt us. But for this lawyer, I think his lyric would go something like this. Under the surface, I hide my motives, and worse, I hate this teach who is against us. Oh, it's deep. Yeah, I think that's his theme song. Come on. Abortion. Let's go to the next slide. There's going to be three clicks on it, um, just so you know. Abortion is a problem on the surface because it's a killing of the most vulnerable and helpless, as Pastor Matt said. That's on the surface. That's evident on the surface. But there are problems to abortion that are less visible. In 1980, the Church of Rochester rose up to defend preborn lives. Crisis Pregnancy Services launched and served Rochester for 20 years offering resources like classes, diapers, clothing, counseling, etc. But at the turn of the century, they realized the objective to help women choose life was having little success. They saw they were falling short of reaching the right women, those who are pregnant, at the right time, at the moment they're considering an abortion, in the right way to help them choose to continue carrying to term. The visible problem was undergirded by an invisible problem that they began to see. So they pivoted. They went from a pregnancy resource center, which was resourcing mainly women who were choosing to carry to term, to a pregnancy decision center, where they're now focusing on the decision point that a woman is at. If you can capture a woman within the first 24 to 48 hours of her learning of her unplanned pregnancy, that's the moment that she's deciding, do I go to Planned Parenthood and get an abortion, or do I carry to term? And that's what they began 
to realize. So they shifted, and they became the first medical the first medical pregnancy center in the state of New York in 2001. On the very first day, they opened their doors with this new model where nurses are serving these patients, and these nurses are overseen by OBGYNs. An abortion-minded woman came and was served. Abortion-minded means this woman is going to get an abortion if she's not served by the church. If they're not served, they're going to go through with an abortion. So an abortion-minded woman came and received the care that was offered from Crisis Pregnancy Center and decided to carry to term. But not only that, upon hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, she surrendered her life to Christ. So not only did she stop walking this path of death, she stopped, right? And she started walking towards eternal life. And Jesus granted her that on the very first day of opening their doors. They began to see differently into the problem. The problem of abortion couldn't be solved primarily by resourcing women who faced unplanned pregnancy, though that is an important need that the church is meeting right now. But primarily, they needed to reach a different need. The invisible problem was that fear was driving these women to seek abortions, and that fear reached its pinnacle within the first 24 to 48 hours of her learning of her pregnancy. This decision point was exactly where the problem existed and crisis pregnancy services, now Compass Care, could make a difference there. Over the following years, Compass Care developed a new process to reach and serve women in the abortion market, meeting them at the point of decision and providing education that enables them to see a future with their unplanned child. The Church of Rochester in the years 2008 to 2018 saw abortions cut in half. Amen. Amen. Back, back to our story from Dr. Luke. This lawyer set out to discredit Jesus, but he didn't. That's what his motive was. So he pivoted. He sought to justify himself by finding his way around the wording neighbor. What's interesting is that Leviticus 19, where this lawyer quoted from, says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. That means in the law of Moses, there was a seeming way around treating everyone as you treat yourself because it said your fellow Israelite. And that's what this man was trying to exploit in front of this teacher, who also happened to be the judge of the whole universe. That's what he was trying to do, and that's the reality of our situation. But there's another problem. So those are several problems that are invisible, right? They're below the surface. There's another problem for this expert lawyer. The way he lived and, and the motive that led him contradicted the heart of Moses, that he was quoting from. God wasn't about outward conformity, but inward transformation. God was always about the heart, and yet that's what this man is missing. Jesus brings into sharp clarity what the most important thing about the law is, love. 
love for God and love for others. That's what it was always about, and Jesus is showing and revealing the heart of a father was never about you obeying every step along the way. It was always about your love. Love for God, which flows out and into your love for others. That's what Jesus is communicating. The Apostle Paul later penned in Romans 13. I think I have a slide for that. Says this, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is a fulfilling of the law. We will see that our story today demonstrates that loving our neighbor is much bigger than we naturally think. Prior to Roe v. Wade being passed in 1963, I'm sorry, 1973, people came to New York to get their abortions because it was the only state where abortion was legal. Between 1970 and 73, women in droves came to New York because this was the only state that abortion was legal. So based on history, if Roe v. Wade is modified or overturned this year, God willing it is, if it is, history tells us that abortions will not decrease in New York, they will increase. Because now the restrictive states that surround and are preparing to stop abortion, if and when a row is overturned, those women are now going to come to New York. That means the church has an opportunity to stare the problem of abortion dead in the face and provide another path for these abortion-minded women to take. The church, through Compass Care and the light, can help these women facing unplanned pregnancies to see differently. By erasing the need for abortion so that she can choose divergently from the rest of culture. Understand, if you're a woman who is facing an unplanned pregnancy, nearly every other person in your life and every other organization, such as government or medical or education, is telling you it's your right. And your family's probably telling you it's your right. You should do this because it's going to get in the way of your dreams. For a woman to say no, she has to have a reason because everyone else is telling her go through with an abortion. The need for abortion, she feels, is erased by transforming fear, that underlying, hidden under the surface problem. The need for abortion is erased in her mind by transforming her fear into confidence about carrying her baby to term. It has to be replaced. The fear has to be replaced with confidence. So Jesus would have these abortion-minded women see differently, just like he sought 
to help this lawyer, this religious expert, see differently. Jesus' heart is that they would see differently. Let's go on in our text. Verse 30 says this. Jesus, so in response to this man saying, who is my neighbor, Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he chose to go to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over. Okay, he's doing better. He came over to look at the damage. He looked at him lying there, but he also passed to the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill is running higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. The second truth I want to highlight from our text is the solution is radical. So if the problem is invisible, Jesus shows us, then the solution is radical. Jesus launched into a story that broke the mental models of what was socially acceptable and religiously respectable. He broke them down in answer to this man's question. Coming to church and living in this Christian community doesn't always feel like it's about us serving other people. It doesn't always feel that way. Yet that is exactly what Jesus tells his closest followers. The Christian life is about serving others with your life. That's what Jesus is saying in this story. Coming to church is less about you and more about others. Christian means little Christ. It's about walking in the footsteps of the one who gave his life. The term Christian means little Christ, literally, little Christ. And it's about us walking in the footsteps of Christ who gave up his life. This story demonstrates that the solution for every person, including the preborn person, is a radical one. The Samaritan man was an enemy to the Jewish man. The man on the side of the road, he was a Jew. And the man who helped him was a Samaritan, a half-Jew. They were enemies, and yet he gave of himself, his time and his treasure to restore this man back to health. His enemy, he took it upon himself. It cost him to take care of someone who was his enemy. You and I were enemies of the God of the universe. But Jesus hazarded 
his time, his resources. He gave everything. For you and I. See, we were all half dead on the side of the road that led straight into hell. Just like this man, half dead. And Jesus gave up everything he had. He was the radical solution to our sin problem. Jesus was. See, Jesus hadn't died yet when he's telling this story. And yet, what we see in hindsight, his 2020, right? We see that Jesus was identifying with this Samaritan man. He was the, the Samaritan man, the enemy who gave up everything to bring back his enemy to life. That's who Jesus was. And we are the Jew on the side of the road. And that's what one of the things that we see in the story. The solution for abortion is radical. It's the church, Christians working together to intervene and serve the right woman at the right time in the right way. These women are fleeing in fear to the hands of abortionists to escape the perceived problem of their pregnancy. Serve them with ethical medical care and share the good news of Jesus. That is the way to stop abortion in its tracks. This story shows that acting on behalf of the preborn is worth your time and treasure as much as serving in the church or in your community. The Pharisee, I'm sorry, the high priest, that's another P, the high priest who didn't even go over, he saw the man, right? You know what he was going to do? The thing that he got paid for, the thing he gave his life for, leading in the church. His job was to talk to God on behalf of the people and to talk from God on on behalf of God, back to the people. That was his job. He was leaving this man to go do a good thing, a great thing. He was going to the church of his day to lead it, just like Pastor Matt leads this church. That's what this high priest was doing. The second character we see is this Levite, or in our translation, um, the temple assistant. He was, the, he was part of a tribe, the only tribe that didn't inherit land because instead he inherited God himself. The tribe of Levi inherited God. And his job was to protect the worship in the church at the time, known as the temple. He was there to make sure that that worship was unadulterated and kept clean and pure for the people, and before God. That was his job. He left this man who he, our text shows us, he went over to look at, check up on him, but the guy was half dead, right? Still half dead. Mostly dead. And he left to go do a good thing, right? He went to go serve in the church, right under the high priest. I'm telling you, this story is showing us that 
as good as serving people in the church and serving people in your community, what God cares deeply about, what reflects his heart most, is having compassion on the helpless and acting on their behalf. Someone who can't repay you. That's what God cares about. Amen? Come on. The mission of Compass Care, I think, is up right now. The mission is erasing the need for abortion by transforming a woman's fear into confidence. The solution to erase the need for abortion, one woman and one baby at a time, is by providing three key medical services to women considering abortion. The first is what we briefly discussed, pregnancy decision care helping her in her point of decision to decide not to give in to fear, but instead to walk forward in confidence that she can have a life with this child. And this child is actually a sign of a life that is better than the one she's in. Compass Care believes that every unplanned pregnancy is a moment of grace. It's a moment of of grace that the Lord wants to use. He wants to step in and give this woman with an unplanned pregnancy an opportunity to know him for the first time. Compass Care and Alight just served their first three capital region women about a month ago. One of those three women, we gave the the name Misty um, for privacy purposes. Misty came in and uh, had experienced abortion at Planned Parenthood several years ago, was traumatized by it, and decided, I'm not going to get an abortion. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't going to, at the end of the day, if pressure pressure um, is enough, actually go through with an abortion. She still could choose that. She came in and decided, through the care of the nurses that were serving her, that she was going to keep her baby. But then uh, the gospel was shared with her. She said, this is the first time I ever heard this. First time I ever heard that Jesus loved me so much he gave his life for me. And she surrendered her life to Jesus. Instead of an abortion, she experienced new life. And the last thing she said before she left was, I don't want to leave this place. You all are so kind to me. When people experience the love of Christ, it may be the first time in their entire life they ever experience genuine love. That might be the first time they ever felt love from anyone. But what changes women in this place is being touched by the love of Jesus. Because you know, by being a child of God, that when you're touched by the love of Jesus, it changes you from the inside out. Our heart needs to change, and then our actions follow. I want you to see the heart of three mothers. Actually, I, I got to finish that second point. The, so pregnancy decision care. The second service that these women need is STD testing and treatment. If a woman goes through with an abortion and has an untreated STD, she's 44% more likely to develop PID, pelvic inflammatory disease. Most STDs, over 70% of STDs are asymptomatic, Women don't know they have them, Um, and the main are chlamydia and gonorrhea. 
if they go through with an abortion, their chances increase for them to have long-term sexual health issues. Free STD testing and treatment is provided and abortion pill reversal. Compass Care, about one time a week on average, reverses women's abortions. Now, over 50% of all abortions now are chemical, um, and there's four pills that are given that have become known as the abortion pill. The first pill that's given stops a woman's womb from receiving progesterone. Progesterone helps a child. It's, it's kind of like food and safety for the child in the womb. Well, the first, the first pill cuts that off and starves the, the fetus to death. Um, if, if this woman who took that first pill reaches out to Compass Care, she can receive treatment within 24 to 72 hours, and the chances of that being reversed are high. So Compass Care serves about one woman every week um, by reversing their abortions. Let's, um, I, want, I want you to see the heart of three women from their perspective um, who are in, in these moments, in these difficult times where they're deciding abortion or no. I want you to see their perspective on their children, and perhaps we can see differently together. Let's go ahead and play that. Was it positive? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, what? Just shot too. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm in the principal's office. I'm telling her what's going on. And the principal is relating to me also because she was a teen pregnant. She called my mom while I was in school that morning um, so that my mom could like let go some steam during the day for when I come home. All my hopes and dreams for her seem to go crashing down. We've got to get an abortion. My mom ended up finding a place. At first, I'm like, okay, because I'm just scared, 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 scared. So she was like, damn, you gotta do this. Just think about this, think about that. My mom, she was a teen mother at 15. She said the place needs um, you to confirm that you are okay to going through with this abortion. So I told her, no. I, n I never wanted her to feel the way I felt at that time. Um, uh, you know, rejected, abandoned, um, forgotten, unloved, uncared for. I didn't want her to feel those things. So my school counselor left school with me and drove me to Compass Care. At Compass Care, I didn't feel alone. I automatically felt welcome and comforted. As soon as she did ultrasound, abortion and everything else and the struggle I was gonna go through all left my mind. I got a call from Compass Care on a Friday morning. I was at work and they said that there was a girl that was gonna be coming into the office a little later that day and she didn't really have a place to live and they were wondering if I and my husband would be willing to consider having her come stay with us. They partnered me up with Shelly. Shelly came, met me and my counselor. Um, we talked and everything. So it was kind of like, oh, okay, like a little weird at first. No, it's, it's a little uncomfortable with, this, with somebody that you don't know living in the house. She was just so willing to help. And I love that about her. So I, I think I have a special place in my heart for 
um, pregnant teens because I was one. We ended up getting married and, and started our family. So I wasn't a single pregnant teen, but I understand the, the fear and the shame that happens when you find out you're pregnant. They made me feel like I was part of the family, it made me feel like, like I was at home. You know, she was just part of all of the, the family gatherings and going to church and... Also, I kept in contact with my mom every day. We still talked. Uh, she was just still disappointed with um, my decision, but she was still, I'm her daughter, she's my mom, she loves me. I would never um, want her out there just wandering the streets. That, that was never my intention in saying that I can't deal with this. It was just, I couldn't deal with it. I was hurt, I was upset, I was angry, I was uh, frustrated. Um, I am a Christian. Um, at, at that moment, and you know, my beliefs were gone. And then there was Compass Care to scoop her right up. I was I was amazed. My kid is safe. I can I can I can now process this. No matter who you are, you will always struggle at one point in your life. But you will get through that struggle as long as you have faith, as long as you have courage, as long as you push. God gives you the strength that you need. I could not have done this on on my own strength. It's um, it's difficult. It was difficult for Diani. It was difficult for us. And so it took me some time, the time that Compass Care was able to provide for me to wrap my mind around it, um, to pray about it, to accept it and move forward. Diani was here, I think, about six or seven weeks. Um, originally, when we brought her into her house, we thought she'd be here much longer. Um, you know, right up to the pregnancy, we thought she might be with us. But God answered a prayer, and her mom's heart just softened and changed, and she was able to go back home, and it was really, it was wonderful. You know, I got to the point where I said, okay, enough is enough. It's time to come home. Um, because this is where you belong, and your unborn child, and when she gets here, when she comes. I was meant to meet Shelly, I was meant to meet her parents, her family. Um, me and my mom were both meant to go through these certain things in life to lead us up to where we are now, and um, I'm very thankful for that. Everyone's fine, you know. I may not be in the best car, I may not be in the best neighborhood, I may not be, you know, got all this money or got all the stuff, but I'm at peace, I'm grateful, I'm glad, I'm, I feel fruitful. I feel like God is blessing me to come into a new place within myself so that I'm not trying to care or be, be moved by anything or anyone other than Him. God was moving and taking care of Diani. He gave her strength to stand up and say, no, I am keeping this baby. I am going to deliver this baby. She, I mean, that's amazing to, to be able to stand up and say that and realize that you're going to give up your home and your family and maybe forever. She didn't know that. At the, she didn't know it was only going to be seven weeks at the time. Um, but God took care of her. When she made that decision, he said, okay, I have you. I have a place for you. Um, I felt like our empty bedroom and our willing hearts um, were the loaves and fishes. 
and we acted on it. We brought Diani into our home, and God provided for her and for us just in amazing ways through so many people. I, the, the people that were involved in helping her would fill this room. I can't imagine what my life would have been without Compass Care. I, I probably would have went down a wrong path if I didn't have the support that I had. Oh, I'm so grateful that Demaya is here today. Um, she is a little light in this house. She is so joyful and sweet. I'm grateful that Kempis Care was there to keep me from taking, making a decision that would keep her away from me. Um, she's beautiful and I love her so much. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a beautiful story. Uh, if you could pull up that next slide, um, I just want to give you a, a quick picture of um, last year, the church in Buffalo and the church in Rochester, through the vehicle of Compass Care, was able to was able to save 459 lives. Every time, yeah, amen. Every time a life is saved, it changes the destiny of, of that life, right? But it also changes the destiny of that family. That family changes the destiny of the neighborhood. That neighborhood has the potential of changing the destiny of that community, that city. That city and community can change the destiny of a state. And if, if, if that much change can take place, then why can't the state also change the destiny of a nation? Amen. New York is the abortion capital of the U.S. That means that more abortions happen here per capita than any other state in the union. If God can reach women and change their decision here, then he can do it anywhere. And this brief picture shows that God is committed to doing that in New York because this is the front lines. 459, 258 women gave their life to Christ. A beautiful testimony of what the church can do when we do it together. The third and final highlight is perhaps the most important. These highlights come out of the text. Um, the third Highlight is the execution is essential. I'm going to read the scripture first. and No, it's up, right? Yeah, the execution is essential. Uh, read with me the final two verses. Luke, Luke 10, 36 says this. Jesus is still speaking. He says, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, yes, now go and do the same. The third highlight is that the execution is essential. So Jesus already showed us that the actual problem is, visible, is invisible Secondly, that the solution is going to be radical. And finally, now we see that the execution 
is essential. This story is about what we do going forward. Are we going to identify with Jesus, who is the Good Samaritan? Are we going to identify with the priest or with the Levite? What are we going to do? What indeed is this tech going to do? The execution is essential. As long as abortionists are executing our children, our heritage, then it is essential that the church is part of the execution of God's solution. It's essential. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go fast, go alone. Remember, we're talking about serving and saving lives. If you want to go fast, go alone. The next part of it says, but if you want to go far, go together. If we're going to erase the need for abortion in New York, if we're going to cut abortions in half in the next five years, that's the goal. That's, that's the objective of Compass Care in the capital region. Same objective as in Buffalo. And Buffalo is on track in five years to cut abortion in half. The same goal. If we're going to do that, we have to do it together. If we're going to serve, let's do it together. Um, I had the privilege of joining Pastor Matt's, Pastor Matt's group a couple weeks ago, um, speaking on spiritual gifts. And I, it would be hard to articulate the amount of blessing that I received by both being served by Pastor Matt, um, as well as serving alongside him, but also by uh, being prophesied by uh, my new friend Jessica, um, who I don't think is here this morning because I was looking for Jessica's teaching, of course, serving other people. I was blessed immensely because we were doing ministry together. And it wasn't just about Pastor Matt or Jessica or Trisha or all the other names of the people that were there that I can't remember when I'm on the stage. It was about doing it together. It was about experiencing the Lord together. And that is ultimately what this story is about. Jesus says, go and do the same. Or as I memorized it earlier, go and do likewise. What you see here needs to define your life from here on out. And so what can you do to be a part of what Compass Care and the church is doing? Thanks for asking. I will answer that. There's three, there's three things, primary things that you can do. The first is pray. Um, Pastor Matt mentioned for two years, standing outside of Planned Parenthood, they weren't fasting all that whole time, by the way. Like every day, never mind, that was supposed to be funny. It was funnier in my head. Has <laughs> <clears throat> that never happened to you? <clears throat> pray. Prayer is essential. It is. Um, Compass Care has something that is called PrayerNet. PrayerNet sends out stories a couple times a week with the names of these women. They're different names. They're really aliases. Um, and the situation that they're in. What the nurses have deduced about 
where this woman's at and what she most needs prayer for. If you sign up for PrayerNet, then you will begin getting these, and they're focused to the capital region. Once Compass Care is up and running, um, we're looking to, to buy uh, a building this week, actually. Um, praise the Lord. And uh, we're also going to be leasing for the time being um, in order to get moved into that building. Once we're up and running, these prayer, this prayer net will come about twice a week. Um, so be a part of prayer alongside the team of Compass Care. The second is serve. If you want to be a part of Walk for Life, this is the biggest New York, the biggest pro-life event in New York, in the whole state of New York, is Compass Care's Walk for Life. Um, so it's happening in Rochester, and it's happening in Buffalo, and now for the first time it's happening in the Capital Region. As Pastor Matt mentioned, it's April 30th. If you want to find out more about that or get registered for it, go to compasscarewalk.com, and uh, the, the website uh, will lead you deeper into that. If, um, yeah, and another, another, uh, another vacancy, another vital role, uh, that the church has is a liaison, what Compass Care calls a church liaison. This liaison is someone who's passionate for life, um, part of the church, who communicates with Compass Care and then communicates from Compass Care to the church, so to Redeeming Love, shares ways that people can get involved, shares vision tours, shares um, what is happening, updates on the results. Um, that is a role, that is a vacancy right now. So Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy and I have been praying that God would lay it on someone's heart. So if that's you, stop resisting the spirit and just say, okay, I'll do it and come talk to me at the end. Um, and finally, the third way you can get involved is by giving. Um, you'll see on the website, if you can read it, compasscarecommunity.com slash donate. If you want to give towards what God's doing, you can go to there and uh, you can even, if you desire, uh, notate that you want it to go towards Compass, toward the capital region, um, and those funds will be allocated towards towards uh, what God is doing here. I will be standing at this table to my left, your right, um, at the end, and uh, there are response cards. If you want to do any or all of these things, um, there's also pens. You can have the pens so long as you fill out a response card. No, I'm just kidding. You can have them if you want. I'm like that commercial where the guy can't get gas because he, uh, you know, or he can't wipe his thing because he needs to get gas, right? No? Yeah. Okay. Glad you've seen it. That's a good one. Amen. Well, the Lord, the Lord is moving, and I hope, I hope you see that, not only in his word, but also in his people. The Lord is preparing, has been preparing this soil, and I believe by faith, that those that two years of praying, Pastor Matt, has prepared the soil for what God is doing now. Because prayer never goes out up to the Lord and is not answered. It may not be answered in the moment, um, but it's always answered. Call to me and I will answer you, it says in Jeremiah, and show you great and hidden things that you have not known. That is what God is doing, amen? So pray with me. And uh, come talk to me at the end. I'd love to connect with you. And Jesus, this, this place is yours. These people are your people. And we identify with the Jew who is half dead on the side of the road. We know what it's like to have nothing to offer and to be ministered to by someone who has resources 
because that's what Jesus did for us. And now, Jesus, you tell us, go and do what I do. Go what I go and do what I did for you. So I just pray a special anointing on this place. God, this place is anointed with your presence. I feel it every time I'm here. So I pray that you would anoint each person in this room to take the next step into committing to how can we how can we stand up? How can we fight for the rights of those who have no voice? I thank you for the work you're doing in Ukraine right now. Um, it's a it's a war zone in the natural, um, and that just reflects what's been happening in the spiritual. There are still your church serving women who are seeking abortion, and they're being supported by Romania and Poland and Hungary right now. They're doing it together because they know this fight that we're in is one that we need each other for. So I pray, God, that that would be the same reality that we're living out of. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this time in your name. Amen. Pastor Matt.